Father, uh, help us today, all of us in this room, maybe a loved one going through something, or maybe uh, someone in this room who themselves needs mercy and grace because of a physical problem today. Help them. Help us be sensitive to that. Lord, your word is the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. And it sure feels to us like we are coming upon wooded areas that are dark with turns in the path. We don't always know clearly what to do. And so we're asking that your word would come and illuminate our eyes, open our eyes, give us wisdom, help us love you with our whole heart, love our neighbor as ourself, and Lord, that you would do the work of building your kingdom through us. So help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Nikki and I just took this trip, and uh, last week we were on the road. And uh, here's something we learned. Being in the dark in a place where you don't know quite where you're going isn't that fun. Just not. Can I just tell you, I have a love-hate relationship with Siri. Uh, The relationship is I hate her, and she loves me, apparently. So Nikki's in the, the seat next to me, and she's saying, well, okay, listen, turn left, turn right, turn left, turn right. And I'm over there going, I want to know where I'm supposed to go so that in my mind I at least have it lined up and defined. But she's not telling me where I'm going. She's just telling me, turn left, turn right. And every time she says, turn left, turn right, I'm pretty sure she's wrong. And so Nikki will say it real much, like, um, says turn left. I'm like, okay, all right. But in the dark, it's really mysterious. And there's, there's no way around that. When the light comes, we try to travel. We, we, we're now thinking we're going to become one of these road trip couples. And so we have all these little rules we're keeping and lessons of life and what we'll do and what we won't do. One of the things we'll do is uh, we like to stay in the place and enjoy the light and the warmth of the day, but we want to get on the road while it's still light so we can kind of you know, make some headway because it's wonderful to travel when it's light out. And it's less wonderful to travel when you have to rely on Siri in the dark. So, so that lesson, that mindset, I mean, it's, it's obviously illustrated in this passage here that there's a darkness thing that happens. And when the darkness comes and we're out on the road, there's, there's low-hanging trees if you're walking, hopefully not if you're driving, uh, there, there's logs you could trip over. You know, the, the whole concept of Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, speaks of a low little lamp that, that gives you enough light to just put your foot down. So you're making sure while you're traveling in the, the rocky roads around Jerusalem, and it's so dark because there's no street lights, but you have enough light to make sure there's no snake that's going to bite you when you put your foot down. That's what the lamp to my, to my path is all about, that much light. And the point being that, that uh, when there is light, you can see all those things. You know, uh, it's not that there's no snakes. It's that if there's enough light, you can avoid the snakes, right? When I was little, and I don't know how you are, but I'm going to admit something to you. I, I, was a, I didn't like the dark until I could mentally go through a checklist to tell myself what is true. Number one, I have never actually seen monsters. They're probably not under my bed. Okay. That, I, was, I was actually 37 when I started believing that. <laughs> but I, I got there. So once I could tell myself all those things, the darkness becomes a little less scary. But when you can just flip the light on and you see it all, there's security. There is knowledge. 
if I've got a, pa- a plan for my next step, there is a, a clear next step to take. And, and so the light brings a lot of encouragement. And so here in this passage in 1 John, let me just remind you where we've been. He's writing this in AD 90, and Jesus was resurrected in about AD, you know, whatever, 35-ish. And so it's been like 55 years the church has been in existence. And so for a long time, they, they were very pure in their doctrine, and they understood what was true. But now, of late, there's a group of people, and they're, they're Gnostics. They're these guys that are saying, look, look, there's evil in the world. And if there's evil in the world, there must be a dark side of God. Else, how would we have a world with darkness in it? And if there's a dark side of God, then I can follow God while maintaining a dark, dark place in my life too. And so I can have my own way of thinking about life. I can have my own morals and, and convictions about what is right and what is wrong. And I can follow God based on how I want to follow him. And the, the existing church, what are you going to do about it? I believe this. I believe there's a darkness, and I believe that there can be a darkness in me, and I can still have fellowship with the saints of God. I can still call myself a believer. And so John is saying, well, we're going to have to deal with that mindset. And so that's what he's doing here in this passage. He's dealing with that mindset. Verse 5 says this, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you. And so we pick up two really important things before we're even into kind of what we're going to talk about today. First of all, uh, it's, it's not, it doesn't come through in the English, but the, the concept is this message about this problem exists today. We have a message from God. And, and so in verse uh, 5, this is the message. It really should be like, this message exists and we have it. Uh, you and I should be really stoked about this truth that there is nothing that you are going to face, there's nothing that we're going to come into contact with as a church body someday where we can't go back and say, you know, we got a message from God about this. We have a message from the heart of God to our kids, to our culture, to our generation, to our political situation. We have a message from God's heart that exists that addresses that problem. That is a beautiful, beautiful truth. Verse 1, he said, you heard it from the beginning. And the concept there in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1, he's saying this, this thing that we've been hearing, it goes all the way back to the beginning. We could go to creation, but we can go to David. And in Psalm uh, 37, and Psalm actually uh, 36, verse 9, David talks about the light of the world and how G- the coming Messiah would be the light for us. So he, he says in verse 1, this message is old school, and it hasn't changed. In verse 3, He's saying, you, you've heard us, and what he's talking about there is apostles, people who, who go back as far as Jesus, you hear us talking about this message. And it's not changed. It's the same message from the beginning, and it's the same message that we have been telling you all of these years, church. If, if a new way of thinking comes into the church, if a new morality comes into the church, go back to the beginning Go back to the message of the apostles, the New Testament. And then in verse 5, he's saying, we hear it from Jesus himself. 
on Jesus' lips of this message. And so uh, this message hasn't changed. It's the same yesterday. It's the same today. It's the same tomorrow. You know why? God is the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same tomorrow. You say, well, we've got a new way of thinking. We've got a new politic. We've we got a new situation. And John would say, no matter what comes our way, when we have false teaching, when we have new thinking, when we have new moral situations that we, you and I, haven't dealt with before, we're just going to have to go back to the message from the beginning and the person of Jesus. That's exactly what he does here. Man, I hope your, your heart just explodes with gratitude that this message has not changed and that we have the message. You're holding the 66 books of the Bible, the extant, that is the, the uh, visible and the in-person kind of word of God in your lap, and you know you can always go back to the message that we've had from the beginning. And so we heard this message from Jesus. Here is the message. How are we going to combat new ways of thinking and new situations in the church? Well, he, he goes to the character of God. If there's something John wants to emphasize to you and to me, whatever we're facing today, it's this. Let's, let's remind ourselves, who is this God? And he says in verse 4, this is the message we heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is light. And in him, there is no darkness at all. God is light. Now, what does that mean? I mean, we could go through and, and see the various places that John uses. He really loves to contrast stuff. So he likes to talk about life and death. And he likes to talk about light and darkness. So he, we realize that there's a darkness that's not of God and that there's a light that's of God. And that those things are, are separated. They're, they're totally opposite of one another. But what does it mean that God is light? Well, I, th- I think first of all, uh, of course, Jesus, who is the light of the world in John eight twelve, Jesus is the embodiment of God. And uh, the first thing I think we see is that light is truth. If we read down here, we see that people that are not walking in the light are deceiving themselves and do not tell the truth. And so it seems that in this passage, he's emphasizing the concept of, well, God is truth. So God is the source and the measure of all that is true. Think about that. Is this true? Well, let's go back to God. Let's ask what God says about that. Let me give you an example of that. Uh, There's good people that can do good work, and they're managers in their job. And let's say that they go to various kinds of the places, and they do the job to the best of their ability, and, and uh, their motivation is that they, they do. They want to do a good job. They want to keep their job. They want to make money for their family, and they're a they're, they're manager at their job. That's great. Fantastic, in fact. Good work, right? But if we could take those managing principles, and we could take that reason to do work, and that, that mindset about living and loving people, and we could say, but I've learned what it looks like to have a job under the lordship of Jesus. That, that this isn't just a job to do just to uh, make the world better and just for my benefit and just to take care of my family. Well, I'm doing this job because Jesus is my Lord and every moment of the day I'm thinking about how to lead people at work for his honor and for his glory. 
I'm thinking about how to do this job in the light. I'm thinking about how to do my job as mom or dad in the light. I'm not just doing it to get through the day. I'm not just doing it to make sure that there's peace and that the kids stop yelling and that they eat enough macaroni. That's not why I'm doing this job. I'm doing this job because Jesus lives in me and calls me to, he is the light. He's the truth. I wonder why he wouldn't have said here, he is the the truth. He's simply just leave it there. And I think sometimes maybe, maybe when we hear the word truth, we know that we need truth with love, right? There could be a negativity to truth. I'm just going to tell him the truth. Just say the truth. God is truth. Well, when we say God is light, there's a sense of warmth. There's a sense of illumination. There's a sense of love even when we hear that phrase. And so he goes right back to the very character of our great, beautiful God and says, first thing I want you to know, and there's issues in the church, and there's people that are they're going off in false doctrines, and they're saying that there could be some, some evil in God. No, there is no evil in God. Here's how we combat these potential false teachings. We go back to the character of God. God is truth. So your intellect, my mind, It needs to be informed by what God says and what God teaches. Because not only is God the source and the measure of all that is true, nothing is really fully grasped until it's grasped in the light of God. We won't get it until we get it under God's rulership. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, Proverbs 1, 7 says. And so first thing I think it's talking about here when it says God is light is that God is truth. Certainly the next implication, guys, is that he's holy. God is holy. And if the first thing we talked about talks about our mindset, this talks about our morality and what we're going to do, who we are. God is pure. He's holy. And, and, and so uh, God is the, the source and the measure of all that is good. He's not only the source and the measure of all that is true, and how we walk and what we approve and how we live needs to come under this God is light and in him there is no darkness principle. God is the unmoving boundary regarding what is good and right. Is that true for you? Because listen, here's what's going to happen. You know what Francis Schaeffer has said? Francis Schaeffer, he is a philosopher in a previous generation. Gary will often quote from him. But he he said that, uh, show me where the world is today, and that's where the church will be in seven years. So as the church, as the world pushes immorality, as the world pushes a new mindset, as the world pushes a new politic, as the world pushes a new way of thinking, uh, we won't, the church won't immediately fall into line with that, but we will generally uh, compromise over the period of a long period of time until uh, the world will be f- far, so much further in seven years, but we'll be where they were in the way we think about life. You've got to be very careful of that. And let me just ask you this. That's something you're seeing around you? You're seeing the church? Because listen, this passage was not written to false teachers out in the culture. It was not written to unbelievers afar off. It was written to all these people that had come and made themselves a part of the called out assembly. You and me. This is written for our alarm. This is written for our exhortation. This is written for our warning here this morning. 
John is writing to the church and saying, you know, these people that are saying now that, that God may have some evil in him and have a dark side and that it's okay to have a dark side and just live with it and walk around in that, those people are not only from the church, they're still in the church. And so it's really important that we see who he's, who he's aiming his exhortation at this morning. God is truth, God is holy, and in him there is no darkness at all. So with that said, we've got a a false sense of fellowship, and that's really our first kind of point. We've talked about the nature of God, but we can have a false kind of fellowship, and we've got to, recognizing that who God is and that he is light, we've got to see that the the nature of this false fellowship. Because look at verse 6. Excuse me, verse Uh, Yeah, six. If we say we have fellowship with him, let's stop there. Note that people who want to be taken seriously, whose life does not necessarily display the grandeur and glory of God, will lead with their words. There will be a never-ending verbal sparring that takes place. You'll note that when you are walking in the light, you don't have to say a word. You don't have to say anything. Let me just say this. If you're on Facebook and you're involved in endless conversations about what is right and good and and you're putting out there all your political opinions, uh, you're probably wasting your time, really. Because Facebook uh, is not the place where you're going to win arguments. You're going to win arguments when you set your cup of coffee next to her cup of coffee and you look over the table and you talk to her like a person because you love her. And so it's really important that you see right off the bat that the people who want to see themselves as legitimately in Christ and they want to see themselves as legitimately a part of the church, the first thing they're going to do is say, well, I'm a part of the church. They're going to lead with their words. They're going to talk about, they're going to defend themselves why they think that their position is legitimate where they're at. Be very aware that those words are going to be out there. No, you can't, you can't cut me off from fellowship. You can't say I'm not in Christ. You can't say I'm not a part of the church. Trust me, I'm a part of the church. Well, if they say that and they are walking in the dark, and we're going to take a look at if we say we have fellowship with him, and the fellowship means I, I have Jesus. I have his heart in mine. I'm abiding in him. My life lives in him. I breathe his air, right? I think his thoughts. Um, this false fellowship says that I have that kind of fellowship. It says that I have that kind of connection. But if, but if it is reality that I'm walking around in the dark, the, the truth is going to be seen. So uh, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness. Now what does that mean? Word, the word walk means that the pattern of my life inside and outside is in the dark. So that's the, the, the word there, walk, is I've got this internal pattern. We talked about that. Again, that if God is light, he first of all is light because of the knowledge and the mindset that he communicates with us. So that's the, the inside part of my life, right? But then the outside part of my life is my morality, my behavior, what I do. And if the inside part of my life, I think how I want to think, and the outside part of my life, I behave how I want to behave, is in the darkness, 
And then I come to the church congregation and say, well, you know, I just want to live how I want to live, but don't worry, don't worry about me. I have Jesus. I'm in Jesus. Don't worry about me. Well, the problem is there that our life is showing that we're in the darkness. The, the word walk also, it communicates this concept of just walking around. In other words, not only am I in the dark, I'm unwilling to consider leaving the dark. I'm not, I'm not thinking about changing my behavior. I'm not thinking about changing my opinion. I'm not thinking about changing my mindset. I'm walking around in the dark telling you I have no intention of changing for where I am and telling you that I have fellowship with God and with the church. And John's saying, not the case. It's not the case. You could be in the church, walking in the dark, and on our mission. Can I tell you that? Our mission here at the church, multiplying disciples for the glory of God. You could jump on board in that program participation. You could jump on board the adult Bible fellowships, be learning information. The Gnostics that were the part of the problem here that he's addressing, they were some of the smartest people in the world, and they knew the Scriptures. They were going from the Scriptures now to philosophical truths. Who could this God be? Let's not only have scripture, but let's also have philosophical discussions about who might God be and could there be darkness in him? And if there's darkness in him, could there be darkness in us and we could still have fellowship with him? And John is just saying, guys, you've left the scriptures. You've left the message that we had from the beginning from God. You've, You've left the message that we've had from us all these years and most we've left the message that we have from Jesus himself if that's the case. And, and you're walking around. You're whistling in the dark. So here's my question for you. What do we do with somebody who's in the church who fits that bill? Well, number one, love. We love. We're in the light. In God's timing and in God's way, he will help them see the error of their way. It is loving for John to tell them that if you're walking around in the darkness and you think you have fellowship with God who is light, you're kidding yourself. So we love them with caring, loving truth. And if you're that person here this morning, I just want to really implore you that you consider the message that we have from the beginning. Consider the Bible Consider what the word says to you about how you think and how you behave. Here's the next, and this is hard. If you're walking in the dark and have been unwilling to change, you're kind of whistling and going your own way, saying, yeah, but I still come to church every week. I'm still part of the team here. I still, I'm even on the mission. I, I do the whole, I buy into this multiplied disciples stuff. That's good stuff. What do you do? So here's my encouragement to you. It's uh, to repent. Change your mind. Change your mind. I remember when I was in high school, my junior year and my senior year and my sophomore year, sophomore, junior, senior, I went to an event and my heart was touched to follow after Jesus. But my sophomore year and my junior year, I knew for certain that if I was actually going to do it when I got home, I was going to have to change my mind especially about my friend group. I was in with friends at school and connected with them, 
we all grew up with a bit of religion. Some of them had been Catholics, and some of them were in my own church with me. And we did the church thing together, and we did the, the, the youth group thing together, and then we went to, church, to school, and we all heard how each other talked at school. And we knew that it was inconsistent. And we all affirmed that lifestyle, that mindset of do it one way when people can hear me at church, do it a different way when I'm out there in the world. I, in essence, was saying I can walk in the darkness and still call myself a believer. And it wasn't until my senior year that I was convicted to the core that if this was going to take place, that if I was actually going to follow after Jesus, I was going to have to, follow, I was going to, have to change my mind. I could hold on to nothing of my old mindset and my old friend group and my old way of life and say, everything but this, Lord, everything but this. Couldn't do it. And if you're in here today and you're walking in the darkness and you, you can't even, if you're like me, you can't even imagine what your future would look like disconnected with the way you're thinking today, with the sin you hold on to, with your political opinion. I have friends who say, I'm in Christ, even though my political opinion absolutely, diametrically, completely opposed to what the Word of God says, I can, I can manage that tension. And if you're in here today, you're hearing, no, if your political position, your opinions contradict the revealed Word of God, I'm here to call you to repentance today. Say to you and say to my own heart, I can't fool myself and tell myself that I'm in the light if I'm with my heartbeat and with my opinion and with my mindset, I'm unwilling to move to what God has revealed to us in his word. Maybe today's a day for you, man. Not hating, not telling you have to change it in one second. Telling you that if I'm in the dark and I don't know where I'm going and I tell myself it's all good and I've got light, I'm lost. And so God's calling you to this place today where he's saying, look, that, that fellowship, first of all, you don't have fellowship with the other believers if that's where your mindset is. And secondly, worse than that, you don't have fellowship with God if that's what your mindset, where God has revealed his word to us. And, and uh, man, I'm just not buying it. In my mind, I'm not buying it. You, you might have an addiction in your life. And you say, man, I go to church. I want to be free from this. But when I'm not with those people at church, I'm walking around in the dark with this addiction. Nobody knows about it. Maybe it's an addiction to anger, and you just will not get over it. You will not bring it to the Lord. Maybe it's an addiction to alcohol, and you will not bring it to the Lord. If that's you today, there's no anger. There's no judgment here, man. I'm saying your best life is in the light. I'm saying your hope is in the forgiveness of Jesus I'm saying bring it out into the light and be real with yourself. I'm telling you, as hard as you envision this next step of dis- dis- disconnecting yourself with that thing that's held you back, that thing that's in the dark that people don't know about, I'm telling you the next step, as hard as it's going to be, the fellowship of the body of believers and the hope you have and the light of God will and can set you free. And I'm calling you to that place today. It's where you long to live. I know it's hard when you have a political position that you've held for a long time or an opinion that you've held for a long time and then to come to a place where you go, you know what? If it doesn't line up with the word, 
I better rethink that. And that's not to say everybody in this place has the same political opinion about everything. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the Bible is our basis. I'm saying the Bible is our baseline. I'm saying the Bible is the message that we've had forever. It's the message that came from the apostles. It's the message that came from Jesus. The Bible gives us God is light theology and helps us to understand living in life. So we, we can hold some different perspectives as long as it flows from the, the beautiful uh, base that is the Word of God. And, and if it doesn't flow from there, I'm telling you, walking in the dark. And no one's angry at you, but we're calling you to repentance, to, to walk with Jesus, to change your behaviors. You say, well, I can't see you living my life without my sin. I've held this opinion for my whole life. And can I just tell you, if my heart is still there, I'm just in the dark. If I'm unwilling to change, I'm still in the dark. And so that means I don't have fellowship with God. And that means the fellowship we have here is just like people that like the Packers. It's just a bunch of friends and faces that are familiar to us because we go there every week. And we long for it to be so much deeper than that. And that brings us to our next point. Because there is a real fellowship There is a deep fellowship. There is a true fellowship. True fellowship happens when we walk in the light. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light, stop right there. You see this? No words. There's no words. No defending. There's no explanation. Can I tell you, a few years ago, when my kids were little, we had family devotions like twice a week, and I would put them to bed and read them a book and pray with them. It was, it was good, man. And as the kids got a little older, I got lax on that. So we started this read the Bible, 100, uh, 100 key passages we should read through as a family. And we, we started that when they were a little bit older. And we did pretty good for a while, pretty good for a while. But, but uh, we, we, we did great through about 50, and then we kind of chopped it up through about 65. We got to like number 65, and it had been like, like three months since we had read. And so one night, convicted in my heart, I was like, all right, let's do this, man. So we pull it out, and we're like, all right, number 66 tonight. It's been three months since we've read the Bible together. And all three of my sons, none of them said a word, but they all rolled their eyes and went, oh, great. We're back to this again. And in essence, they were saying, how long are we going to be with this? When, when I was little, or when they were little, They never asked me that question. They never doubted me because I was consistently living it out night by night. They knew we weren't getting up from the the dinner table until we had done our devotions together. But when we hit 66, what did I have to do? I had to lead with my words. No, come on. This is going to be good. Trust me, we're going to do this. I think we're at 70 now and we'll never finish because my kids are out of the house. And so (laughs) Nikki and I will have to finish and go from 70 on, you know. But I was leading, oh, I was defending myself with my words when I was really inconsistent. But listen, when they were, I didn't have to say a word. We were going to do it. So the point being here, when we are walking in the truth, we don't need words to defend ourselves. You're just walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're just in him. And that's, again, another reminder for you. If you're walking with the Lord, you don't have to defend it on Facebook. You don't have to put out every meme. You don't have to put out every political opinion and thought you have and figure a way to say it on Facebook. You know, Facebook's supposed to be for grandma pictures and uh, telling each other when you're going to get together for coffee. All right? So if it is your main source of arguing, uh, you may want to reconsider that approach to life. 
True fellowship comes when we walk in the light. And it's distinguishing, it's distinguished by the light. So here's what that looks like. It means where God has spoken clearly, I submit my mind and thinking to him. He has spoken clearly about the beginning. And so I submit my mind to, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? I submit my mind to his mindset as it comes to living. My job isn't just a job I go to to take care of my family, as beautiful as that is. Your job isn't a job you go to just to put food on the table. Your job is a job that God gives you so that you can have appointments day by day with people. You can be in relationship with them. You can have opportunities to show them how to be honest. You can have opportunities to show them how when the future looks bleak, how to trust the Lord. You can show them how when when everyone else is afraid of what's going on around them and the world around them, that you have trust in the Lord. That when your medical problems come and overflow and you can't believe it, that you're not freaking out, but you have an opportunity to show faith in God in your workplace. So your mindset changes because you realize that everything that happens to you in your life is another opportunity to announce God's fame to the world around you. So this this mindset, your goals, your thoughts about the world, they change. You're in the light. So you let God transform your thinking, your worldview, how you see yourself, your life goals. What's your life goal? When you retire, what do you want to do? Might be different if you're in Christ than if you're not. But you want to keep serving him and you want to find ways to announce his fame and you want to stay active in the community and you want to make a difference in people's lives. It doesn't mean you can't travel. It doesn't mean you can't play golf. It means your main thing when you retire is the kingdom of God and the glory of God. Because you're in the light. You're not looking to serve yourself and live for yourself. You want to serve him. Your opinions change because of the word of God. And in your morality, your relationships change. Your thoughts about your behaviors, your thoughts about your habits all changed because you're walking in the light. Again, those words there in verse 7, if we walk, that is the internal and external pattern of your life. The way the inside and the outside, the the way you look. Now, that is not to say that, verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Here's a reminder. It's what Bennett was talking about before. This doesn't mean you won't sin. It doesn't mean that that you're perfect, because I can hear the argument even now to say, well, are you saying then that if we walk in the light that we will be perfect? Because if that's the case, who among us will stand? None. Because even while the pattern of our life is walking around in the light of God's presence, you will trip up from time to time. You will get angry. You will fall into a sin. Something will come upon you. Sin is crouching at your door. You'll, you'll not guard against that. You'll forget. You'll have a problem, right? And so the whole point of this is when that happens, you're in the light. Listen, if, if I'm in my room, my illustration before, and, and the light is on and I see, uh, whatever, I don't know, a dog over there that is unfamiliar to me. I don't know how a dog got in my room, but go with me here. Knowing, knowing where the danger is, 
is helpful, right? Because with the light on, you can then adjust yourself. You can change yourself and your positioning. You can take a safer spot. The point being, when the light is on, even the danger is shown to us. And you gotta, When you're walking in the light, if you trip up, look at what this verse says to you. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses you from all sin. And there could be somebody here today, wait a second. I have had, even in Christ for a while, I did some things, you might say, that were horrible. My wife doesn't know. My husband doesn't know. I, at night, when I'm alone with my thoughts, I think about some of these ways that I failed God. And I, I'm here to tell you, if you're walking in the light, trusting the Lord Jesus Christ, can I just announce to you the hope you have? The blood of Jesus cleanses you from all your sin. There's not one sin from your past that is going to bubble up and go, oh, God didn't know about that one. No, he knew about it. He's very aware of it. In fact, it would be really healthy for you while you're walking around in the light to just bring it to the Lord because you're not afraid anymore. You're not afraid. What's God going to do? What is God going to do if he finds out the depth of your sin and your past? I'll tell you what he's going to do. He's going to forgive all your sin in Christ Jesus. And our fellowship, our in commonness, our oneness, our unity, verse 4 says, our completed joy, all that comes as we walk out in the light together. And you know what? In relationship with one another, sometimes you'll point out sin in my life. And sometimes I'll point out sin in your life. And we will encourage and exhort one another. And we're not pointing out sin to say, you're in the darkness, what's the problem? We're pointing out sin to say, look at Jesus. He forgives all your sin. Stay in him. Stay in relationship with him. Don't let the the tide of the culture start making you think that because it's your sin, you can say it's okay. Because it's your pattern, because it's your new way of thinking, it's okay. We bring it all back to what the Word of God says and who Jesus is. And as we bring it back to him, we ask one another, okay, are we walking in the light? Because we have fellowship with him and we have fellowship with one another as we walk in that light. If we walk in the light, as he is in light, we have fellowship. You know what? I would have thought he would have said here, we have fellowship with God. But he didn't say that. He says, as we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And his point is, these folks who are walking in darkness don't have fellowship with God. And then even though they're showing up at our gatherings, we don't have fellowship with them. We don't have all things in common. Now, again, don't don't hit the door. Don't run. If you don't have all things in common and you're in the dark, this is a message of hope for you, not of judgment. This is a message of come to Jesus and have your sins forgiven. Enter the light. Disconnect yourself from your old way of thinking and your your moral sin. But we have fellowship with one another. Guys, we want to learn and grow together. Gary talked about it last week in our adult Bible fellowships, our Bible classes. We hope that you're involved with, with a life group where you're connecting with people. Life groups aren't for everyone because, quite frankly, sometimes it's, you're at a hard age or a difficult time in your life. But when, when it's possible and when you're able, we would love for you to be involved in a life group where week by week we talk about the message, we pray about the message, we encourage one another in the truth and say, is this happening in your life? Are you walking with him? 
And this fellowship we have is a fellowship where we hold on to him together. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And listen, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Think about John. John's old when he's writing this. But if you remember, John was standing next to the cross when Jesus says, okay, John, take care of Mary, my mom. Here's my point. When John writes of the blood of Jesus, he's picturing it in his head. He's remembering the moment when Jesus is on the cross. He's remembering that Jesus is God himself and that he rose again the third day. He's remembering that Jesus said there was not going to be any other way for sins to be forgiven. There was no other source of light at all than he himself. And as John writes, it's the blood of Jesus himself that cleanses us from sin, all our sin. He was an eyewitness to that. He saw him be raised again the third day. So guys, we are all about fellowship. But the last thing in the world we would want to say is that fellowship comes if we all get on board some church vision phrase. Okay? Church vision phrase is about multiplying disciples. We want it. We want that. We want you to understand it. I want to understand it. I want to be doing it. And all those programs we talked about earlier. We are, we are desperate, or, uh, definitely focused on a, a mission that Christ gave us in Matthew 28 to make disciples. But the first place we go is to the light. God is light. Enter into a relationship with, with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And everybody who's holding on to him walks in the light. Not perfect, but you walk in the light. And you, you may start off at one place, but you're going to get to a new place. And as God does his work of transforming you, you walk more and more in the light. You bring more and more of your yuck and more and more of your past out into the light. You see that God is here in Christ, in Christ Jesus. All your sins can be forgiven. And our fellowship in this place is based on the completed work of Jesus. There is no other place we can turn for fellowship. And so my heart is for you today. Our heart is for you today. That we would have true fellowship. That we would love each other with a, a growing sense of, of uh, being honest with one another and genuineness. That we love each other with this, this growing sense. And as we do that, we call people not to the evangelical free church, but together we call people to Jesus. Because in him, there's forgiveness. All our sins forgiven. Let's stand and be dismissed in a word of prayer. Lord, I pray first for that person who may be here this morning who is walking around in the darkness and defending himself or herself and saying, no, I still have Jesus. Only your spirit can do a work. Lord, for that person, it would be hard to repent. It would be hard to change their mind about how they think and all the things they've said and all the friends they've made. 
in this little life they've made for themselves outside this church, outside your church. But Lord, it's the only hope to walk in the light, to change their mind. Not only how they think, but what to do. So Lord, our heart is not for their destruction or our heart is not for for them to get out of the church. Our heart is for them to respond to your grace and mercy. Lord, for those of us in, in the light, I pray that we would ask these questions of ourselves and not be arrogant and assume that we, we know the answers to all these questions. Oh, I'm in the light. I don't have to think about that. No, help us, help us be careful. Help us look to Jesus. Help us consider the message. Lord, I know in my heart I am prone to wander. And that means that I'm prone to drift. And I have to ask myself if I am today where the, where the world was seven years ago. And Lord, come back to the, the anchor of Jesus and the message that John is proclaiming to us that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And so we love you this morning and pray that across this, this congregation that our fellowship is with Jesus first and then with one another it's deepening and growing as we walk in the light together. Dismiss us with your blessing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.